411Live. Where you can learn about issues that affect us every day. State of world, 411Live. Real people, real talk. Made to help people in our community in every way. For your Gerrymandering, voter suppression, redistricting, all words that I remember from my junior high school civics class and all words that have come to the forefront of conversations today. Hello, everyone. I'm Beverly Taylor, and this is the 411 Live, real people, real talk. Some of you may be thinking, I've heard these words and I hear them all the time and I don't want to hear them anymore. I get this. But wait a minute because I have someone interesting to add to this conversation, and that being Chris Walton. Chris is a Milwaukee native, and he got interested in politics at the ripe old age of nine. <laughs> and he is the former chairman of the Democratic Party of Milwaukee County. Chris, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm fine. I'm just fine. And I can tell you're doing fine, too. <laughs> you're doing fine, too. I, in this introduction, I'm saying that um, you were the youngest chairman mm-hmm. of, the, of the Democratic Party for Milwaukee County, 29, right? Yeah. Um, how did that happen? You know, it was, it was the um, vice chair of the party at the time was stepping down, mm-hmm. and I was considering running for vice chair. Because uh, the current chair was, I assumed he was going to run for re-election. And um, I had approached him about it and, and thought, like, you know, maybe we would be able to work well together. And he said, well, you know, if you're thinking about running for vice chair, why don't you just run for chair? And I just stopped, like, wait, am I, you know, am I, would I be qualified to do that? Right. Like, well, if you can be vice chair, the number one job of the vice chair is to be able to step in if something happens to the chair. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess that is kind of the most important job. So I'll think about it. And I went home and talked to uh, some family. And they all were like, well, you've always wanted to be involved and do this. If this is the opportunity, take it. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. And I I, I announced that I was going to run. And people were very supportive. And lo and behold, election night comes. And I won it unanimously, uncontested. That is a compliment. You know, yeah. that's validation. It very much so. That is good. And the fact that um, this didn't just happen. I mean, there's, you know, history of you and politics and stuff. And I mentioned nine years old, you right. got interested in it. So nine. Right. Tell me about that. So I was uh, third grade, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Seibel's class. I still you remember the teacher's I, name. We are Facebook friends now. And oh, she, wow. Um, and she introduced me to, um, you know, pretty much my love of politics. Mm-hmm. She gave me the children's biography of JFK. And I, I'm i reading this book and learning about President Kennedy and the Kennedys. And, like, I I think I can do this. I can do this. My, yeah, my, why not? Yeah. Now, of course, I didn't realize at that point my family wasn't millionaires. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a financial jump. But... It just started a, a love of history, a love mm-hmm. of reading, and it just kept going, and I fell in love with politics. And by the end of the book, I was like, I want to be president. Yeah. I can be president one day. And you would think at the, by the end of the JFK children's biography, you wouldn't necessarily want to be president, mm-hmm. considering how the story ends, but I was like, I could do that. 
I want to do that. And it, it just, when I was 15, I worked on my first campaign. 15. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so um, Matt Flynn, who ran for Congress in mm-hmm. 2004, uh, his campaign came and knocked on my door, and they just asked me if I wanted to volunteer. Nice. And, you know, opportunity only knocks once. So <laughs> I went and volunteered with them and worked on the Kerry campaign that fall. Um, again, in 2006, worked on the governor's race at that point and mm-hmm. uh, went off to college in Mississippi State University and worked in politics down in Mississippi and became president of the College of Democrats there. Oh, my goodness. So they needed to import a Democrat from Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and I, after uh, graduated from college, I came back and did the recall here in Wisconsin and took off with the presidential campaigns again that year. And uh, after the Obama campaigns, I ended up moving out to Washington for the first time. And worked on campaigns in Virginia and Maryland and um, D.C. And I even went to, to Colorado for a U.S. Senate race. Oh, my. And I came, I went to Mississippi, worked on the state house race as a campaign manager. And I moved back to Wisconsin in 2015 and worked with the state party. Mm-hmm. And so when that was all, all that was over in 2016, it was like, ah, it was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And considering how the 2016 elections went, I was like, if Donald Trump can be president, Maybe I don't want to be president anymore. Maybe this, maybe politics isn't exactly where I want to be because my understanding of politics was this is supposed to be an argument of high-minded ideas and very mm-hmm. intelligent people. And if he can be president. That's not what you saw. Huh? No. Okay. And so, you know, I, I decided I was going to go try to live a normal life and just found a regular job and just, just take a break for a while and mm-hmm. step back. Then, of course, got pulled back in. Got pulled back in. I couldn't stay away. And I started organizing with the county party because um, I had been working with them previously when I worked with the state party uh-huh. and organizing different events and campaign events for some special elections around the country. We did some phone banks in the Georgia and in the Oklahoma and just trying to help out campaigns around the country. And they asked me to be the political director for the county party. And so while doing that, I'm like, okay, I'm still engaged. I'm still doing stuff because I see a need here. I can't allow. The stuff that President Trump at that point was doing, I can't let that just go and not do anything. And then the phone call came. (laughs) Wow. So when we talk about you being the youngest chairman Mm -hmm. of the Democratic Party for Milwaukee County, it makes it almost sound like this, this, you know, this young blood who doesn't really have an experience, any experience. But you have a lot of experience and more so than somebody who might have been 43 or something like that. Mm -hmm. All, you know, I earned every last one of these gray hairs. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) That is great. Okay, so and you broke a lot of other barriers. Correct. Uh, Correct. I was the first. um, So the the last person, the last African-American man to be pr- uh, chair of the county party mm-hmm. was back in, I guess, the mid-80s or so. Okay. Um, and so I was the first African-American man to be chair of the party uh, in, my, in my lifetime. Um, and the first openly gay person to ever be chair of the party here in Milwaukee. Okay. So let's talk about uh, some of this stuff. Uh, let's go back to the civics class for mm-hmm. a moment, you know, and let's talk about redistricting. Mm-hmm. So every 10 years... The country does a census, mm-hmm. and we're in 2000, what? 21. 21. Yeah. So 2020, mm-hmm. census time. And then from that census, mm-hmm. we do the maps. We redraw the maps as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking about um, with the census, 
we count up all the people in the U.S. We divide everybody up somewhat equally. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get uh, 435 congressional mm-hmm. districts. And so that's that's the way it is. And whatever party within that state, mm-hmm. whatever party is the majority, they kind of get uh, their say in that redistricting. Right. That's where we get gerrymandering, and both parties do it. Mm-hmm. All right. The so, gerrymandering goes all the way back to where well, they got the name from. It was uh, Elbridge Jerry, who was the governor of Massachusetts back in like the 1790s. Mm-hmm. And he drew the lines. At that point, parties didn't really exist, but he drew the lines for his friends. So you just draw the line. This is my friend. This is his neighborhood. I'll right, draw right. this district. He's going to do what I want him to do. And you draw the lines like that. And that's where gerrymandering came from. Yep. And yeah. it's just progressed throughout the, the ages at this point. Exactly. Okay, so now uh, we get to uh, 2010, and things really start to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just looking at my notes, and I'm just looking at kind of what happened. We got the that red map, mm-hmm. this project, and it's, it seems that this Republican guy came up and said, you know what, we can, we can tweak this a little bit and right. turn the map red mm-hmm. nationally, but we focus on state right. races, the state legislatures. And after a census, we know there's going to be some redistricting and mm-hmm. drawing lines, so we may need to make sure that there are plenty of Republicans in there so that they are at the helm of drawing the lines. Right. Okay. It worked. Very well. Yeah. And do you think Democrats knew what hit them? I think we knew after the elections. Mm-hmm. Because at that point, the wave had come through and we saw what damage had been done at that point. Um, you know, we had, at, in tw- 2009, 2010, we had a Democratic governor in Wisconsin. We had a Democratic state senate and state assembly. This is right after the wave of 2008. So Wisconsin, a lot of states had full Democratic mm-hmm. trifectas. Uh, the trifecta, I mean, governor, house, and senate of that state. And they were, they should have been, if they had got reelected in 2010, they would have been able to draw the lines as they would have saw fit. Right. But, of course, the wave came back, and Republicans were put in place. And they took it to a whole nother level because technology at that point had progressed so far. Mm-hmm. You know, and during the 2000 census, we really had just really got the Internet still. So now here we are 10 years later and all the advances in technology and data collection. We know where people shop. Right. We know where you, where you eat, who you're with, where, all this kind of stuff. We can really narrow in and, and really create the lines that we want to create. Yeah. So with that, that whole the red map strategy, you go in and you try to help all these different states. So you're looking at the map and you're saying, okay, I think we can, we can flip Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We can just put our support, our money, and our ads uh, with these Republican candidates right. so they'll beat the Democrat, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they do that all across the country, mm-hmm. picking up different people. And they pick up a lot of state houses right. and senates, you know? And then it's a game changer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are still dealing with that. Yeah. Because with the Republicans over, what, almost half? Uh, more than half. Um, more than half of the state legislatures in the country. Right. It's about uh, 30 states have Republican state legislatures. Right. So people are always wondering, okay, why is it that there were this many Democratic voters, mm-hmm. so many more than Republican voters, mm-hmm. but we didn't get as many 
candidates voted in. Right. The Republicans got more candidates, and that's because of the way the map is drawn. Exactly. So I now it's like, okay, so what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. You know, well, f- of course, you got to win elections. Yeah. But it's hard when you're playing uphill. Uh, you got to find candidates who can match these districts. You got to get people out to vote. And you really got to drive them out to vote. And I think they just recently came out with an independent study said in order for Democrats to win the Wisconsin state legislature, they'd have to win 54 percent of the vote. Wow. And so it's like, well, we're 54 percent of the vote. This is Wisconsin. This is a 50-50 state. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe somebody may get just ahead and you get 50-51, but you have to get the 54 just to get 51 percent of those seats. That's not fair. Wow. Tell me the, and you were talking about, well, this really shows that you got to vote. Mm-hmm. Every like, single vote counts. You can't sit on the sidelines. Mm-mm. Tell me about the story of you uh, with, I think, your cousins. Mm-hmm. And you went in. And yeah. Made- <laughs> <laughs> this is right after 2016 because <laughs> there was so many people who who just didn't go out and vote in 2016 mm-hmm. or just didn't feel it was that important. Uh, you know, we lost Wisconsin in 2016 by 20,000 votes. That's literally like one vote per precinct across the entire state. Wow. And, you know, as we get to the next elections, we're living in a red state now in Wisconsin. It's the first time in my, first time in my lifetime Wisconsin was red. And I didn't like that. Red is my favorite color, and I don't want to see Wisconsin red. <laughs> and so I go to my cousin's house, my aunt's house, and my cousins were there, and it was the spring elections. I'm like, we have to vote. And like, yeah, we, you know, it's not that important. It's, you know, it's a spring election. We don't even know who the candidates is. And I'm there. I had a baseball bat. <laughs> it's like, no, we're going to vote. We're going to vote now. <laughs> and my aunt was like, did you really? They're like, no, I'm not threatening anybody. I'm not threatening anybody. I'm just holding a baseball bat. It's baseball season. Mm-hmm. We're going to go and vote, though. <laughs> and I, I forced my cousins to go out there and vote because it's like, no, you have to vote. Yeah. Because, honestly, so many places around the world, they're literally holding people back at the barrel of a gun to get them to go and vote. Well, to not vote. To not vote. And here yeah. we are. I, I, I have to stand here with a baseball bat to force you to go and vote. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we something's have wrong out. with that picture, isn't right? It? Yeah, and too many people, you know, risk their lives. Yeah. So that we would have that opportunity to exactly. vote. That's what I always think about. You know, you can't make excuses. Right. And, I, and it's not. It's not even that far back. My mm-hmm. grandparents weren't allowed to vote mm-hmm. in Mississippi. And in Tennessee. Yeah. And here I am, you know, it kind of just shows the evolution of, of time and just America, especially in, and in black America in history. Here my here go, my grandparents, they weren't allowed to vote. Yeah. And now here I am, the leader of a, of a political party where they moved to. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 25, 50 years in America, look how things change. Exactly. If you are actively engaged in it. Exactly. So what do you think... Um, well, do you think the tide has changed? Because in the last presidential election, a lot of people voted. So do you think that that's getting across? Your vote really does matter? Mm -hmm. Or do you think it's gotten across? Your vote really does matter in a presidential race? Right. Well, that's the thing I hope we'll, hopefully we can, we'll find out fairly soon. Yeah. Um, You know, last year we had an amazing turnout. It was the highest turnout in American history. Mm -hmm. But it was two-thirds of the people eligible to vote showed up and voted. Two-thirds. And that was the highest in American history. Yeah. Um, 
there's still people out there who aren't in the who aren't in the pool. We got to get them out there into the pool and get them wanting to go out there and vote. Uh, until we get 100%, I won't be satisfied. Even if we're at 99, I'm like, yeah, there's still some people out there who did <laughs> like, not go out there and vote. Let's go find them. We are. I'll we got to figure rock. it out. We got to go get them. <laughs> and it's you know it's we just have to keep pushing. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways right now that people are trying to get in the way to stop people from voting because it's not working for it's not what they want for their cause. There's mm-hmm. more people voting. But we're a democracy. Everybody voting should be the cause that we're behind no matter what, whether they're with you or not. You should be encouraging people to get out and vote. Exactly. And that's a good segue. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about voter suppression. So stay with us. This is the 411 Live. See us dream. See us remember. See us protest. You matter. Your feelings matter. Your identity matters. Everything about who you are matters. See us fight back. See us rebuild. See us shatter stereotypes. See us inspire. See us united. See us now. Have you ever seen somebody treated unfairly because of the color of their skin? Do you guys know what it means to have white privilege? What is racism and what do you think about it? Talk to young children about what racism is, giving them the language to understand it. They can be disruptors. They can shape and shift culture. We may not always know the answer, but we'll try and help you learn. You don't have to have all the answers, but that doesn't mean we can't start. Welcome back. I'm talking to Chris Walton on the 411 Live. And um, he is the former chair of the Democratic Party for Milwaukee County. Right now, he's in Washington, D.C., right? Mm -hmm. You just got there. Yeah. Uh, What, you started the job just a few months ago? Yep, in July. Okay. uh, As the senior policy organizing a senior policy and organizing manager for the Black AIDS Institute. All right. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Okay. Well, we're going to pull you back to Milwaukee, though, so don't get too comfortable. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little warmer than I like it out there, so yeah. Yeah, it, won't, yeah. it won't be too hard to pull. <laughs> okay. Um, we were talking about the, the red map and uh, gerrymandering, redistricting, um, and, you know, doing that red map, that project of, you know, getting more Republicans in the state legislators across this, the, the country, mm-hmm. and then those Republicans being able to draw the map right. to, you know, um, favor uh, Republicans. So putting more U.S. congressmen mm-hmm. up in Washington that are Republican. Um, and then <sighs> there are... Um, the fallout from that, like, for, for example, in Pennsylvania, Republicans got about half the votes, but they got three quarters of the seats mm-hmm. because of the way the map is drawn. Right. Yeah. Um, would you call that voter suppression? Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Because in every instance where I vote, if I get half of the vote, I should get half of the seats. Yeah. That's how it should be. But if I'm if people are voting and it's only it's not even worth it, then why am I voting? Why yeah. why even care? Why does it even matter? Why do I even try? And you're breaking the will of people to be in a democracy. Mm-hmm. Like this is the they're eroding democracy. Yeah, let's talk about other ways of uh, voter suppression. 
um, a lot of things have have come up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, restricting the hours that you can vote, uh, restricting mail-in mm-hmm. voting. Um, what 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 else do you think of as far as uh, voter suppression tactics? You know, making it so that you only can go to, you know, you only have 15 days to do early voting. Mm-hmm. You know, when Wisconsin first started doing early voting, they would start, you were allowed to go in first, to cast the first votes at the end of September. Mm. And we we know who the nominees are. We've had the primaries. Right. Where, what are we waiting on? You know, make that make the runway as long as possible to get as many people out to vote as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, doing things like that, making it oh, you have to have a, an ID to vote because we need to know who you are to vote because people are falling over themselves to get out there and vote. I've never seen a, a mass riot rushing to get to the polls. Well, maybe a little bit last year, but if nobody is like <laughs> rushing to get to the yeah. polls like that, yeah. where we just have to check every single person to make sure. You know, we've never had issues around voter fraud. I think they said over the last 20 years, there may have been 100 cases of actual voter fraud in the United States. 10 cases over 20 years? Yeah. And how many times have we voted? That's not even one an election. Yeah. It's but extraordinarily you, But it's like if, if you tell... If you keep pushing voter voter fraud, voter fraud, you keep saying it's there. The more you say it, mm-hmm. the more people will believe it, and you know it perpetuates. And people are believing a lie, right? A big lie, a big and, lie. And we saw what happens with a big lie comes in uh, this last January. Yeah, you know, if you keep you keep perpetuating that something's happening, you know, it's going to begin to echo into an echo chamber. You you have certain news organizations that like to constantly repeat this stuff and here we are you know we have people invading the capital over something that they think is happening yeah but it's not tell me how you reacted somebody who uh is engrossed in politics mm-hmm. and you know a, you know a proponent of democracy and all those things what was your reaction when you saw that uh, insurrection i was disgusted i was completely disgusted nothing like that should happen mm-hmm because we are not in uh, the United States of America has been a democracy governed uncontinuously uh, since yeah. we got our government up and running. We've never had a situation like this, but we've also never had a president perpetuating a lie to the American people every single day. Say, oh, I was cheated. No, you lost. This is something that we can we settled this in kindergarten. Yeah, you know, just because you lose does not mean it was a cheat. Right, right. And he lost. And President Biden and Vice President Harris won. As simple as that. You know, you didn't, you can run again. God, I hope you don't. (laughs) (laughs) But you can run again and let the people decide again. Right. Um, A couple of things when we talk about, um, when we were talking about the gerrymandering thing, and I know, People are hearing cracking and packing, and they're hearing those mm-hmm. words. When we talk about cracking, what are we talking about? So cracking is, uh, we'll take for example, uh, Milwaukee County currently has four congressional districts. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Milwaukee County doesn't necessarily need four congressional districts. They took uh, the Wisconsin 6th congressional district. It goes from River Hills up to Sheboygan and across just north to north of Wisconsin Dales. 
what exactly has all of that district, what cohesion does all that district have? What part of that district resembles River Hills? And, you know, it, usually when you draw, when you're supposed to draw congressional districts, you want communities of interest. You want it to be ge- geographically compact so it makes mm-hmm. sense. The, you know, there's no reason you should have the north side of Milwaukee in a district with a, the, a rural area just north of Wisconsin Dales. That's almost two, uh, over almost 200 miles away. Wow. And that's one congressional district. You know, um, the fact that you would take half of the, you would take the western suburbs of Milwaukee County and put them into the 5th Congressional District and take the southern suburbs of Milwaukee County and put them into the 1st Congressional District. Uh, but then you also take the 1st Congressional District and wrap it up into Waukesha and you take it all the way out to Beloit. Like, the maps don't, it's like, what, is, what type of war shock test are you trying to create? <laughs> uh, if you look at the 3rd Congressional District out in western Wisconsin, it's a basically a backwards lowercase y. It runs up the Mississippi River with the state line, uh-huh. but then it juts out and goes over into like Adams County, over in the center of the state. Like, what is what are you drawing here? You can make Wisconsin lines very clear. Our con- it's the Midwest; everything is nice and square here. Mm-hmm. If you look at Iowa, it's literally like four slices of cake. You don't have to necessarily draw it like that. Now, of course, a, a county like Milwaukee. It, sh- it probably it would definitely have more than one congressional district because it's over a million people. Mm-hmm. So it, there are some parts that have to go into other districts. But if you draw the line specifically around certain areas and put them into this district to make sure Paul Ryan's district at that time, but not Brian's style, make sure his district has got a few more Republicans to keep him competitive, and you put 100% of Democrats in Gwen Moore's district so that they don't have the chance to vote in these other districts, what are you doing? And that example of... Gwen Moore's district, that's packing. That's packing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, you crack so you crack it by putting some here, some here, some here, and you just dilute it. You diluted them. Mm-hmm. So now instead of so Gwen Moore ends up winning and then packing happens because now Gwen Moore gets seventy, eighty percent of the vote in her district, but then Brian Style just gets across with fifty five percent of the vote in his district. Mm-hmm. And same with the 6th Congressional District. He gets 55% here, and he gets 55%. But if you maybe expanded it out a little bit, maybe he would end up at maybe 51, or maybe he would lose. Same with the other ones. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I, I mean, and then, you know, they're using computers, and they know, you know, this neighborhood votes this way. I, and that dictates how these maps are drawn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the solutions that, that when we talked earlier was to have this independent commission mm-hmm. to have the task of drawing up maps, right. not the politicians. Right. Do you think that will happen? At this point, due to our state legislature, no, they won't vote for it. Yeah. Um, the governor has put has tried to do a people's commission on going around the state, mm-hmm. getting people to actually say, like, you know, put input in on what maps should look like. Uh, California does the same thing. A lot of different states have actually moved that direction. A lot of the Democratic states have moved that direction. New York has an independent commission. Virginia has an independent commission, just like California. Yeah. And But a lot of the Republican states just do not. Yeah. So it's kind of ended up in a situation where the Democratic states have disarmed and created independent commissions, and the Republican states are like, no, we're drawing our own maps. Mm. So they'll draw theirs, and then it'll be a balance on all the Democratic side. Oh, wow. Um, but an independent commission in Wisconsin would be probably the best way to go because Wisconsin is such a 50-50 state. That's true. 
You know, you nobody. If a, a Wisconsin landslide is getting fifty one percent of the vote, we have to have somebody who can come in and just call the lines exactly as they are and draw those lines perfectly. You know, of course, if if you don't want to be fair, let me draw the lines. I'll, I'll draw. I'll give you a masterpiece. <laughs> but I know that's not fair. That's not what democracy should look like. Gotcha. And so, an independent commission, I believe, would be the best route to go. Okay. Or at least, and having members, there are different ways that a lot of people split them up. You know, you'll have three Democrats, you'll have three Republicans, and then you'll have one person who is an independent, and actually an independent, and you'll go from there and they'll decide. Yeah. Uh, we're just about out of time, but I just want to jump back on you again. Mm-hmm. You ran for uh, an actual state race, mm-hmm. in a state race. Uh, and with all the things you've seen in politics recently, do you think you'll run for office again? Absolutely. You will. I, absolutely. I had way too much fun running for office, getting to actually talk to people and see what issues are important to them and how I can go to, hopefully go to Madison and fight for those issues. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much that the city of Milwaukee has to offer. You know, Milwaukee is the engine of the state of Wisconsin. We create over a third of the state's budget. And honestly, if you take Milwaukee out of Wisconsin, you got Iowa. And so we have to really... We had to elect young, dynamic leaders um, to go forward and really push like Milwaukee, how important Milwaukee is to the state of Wisconsin and the potential that we bring to this state. And we need leaders who who are willing and committed to be public servants for the people. And I think that I have some skills that I could bring to help, you know, steer the ship of state. Yeah. And so one day, um, when you come back, when I come back. Definitely, I would definitely consider running again uh, for office because I I had way too much fun just listening to people and mm-hmm. seeing how can I how can I be helpful. Yeah, we need that. We need you. <laughs> so come on back, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. We have been talking to Chris Walton, former chair of the Democrat Party in Milwaukee County, and who is currently the senior policy and organizing manager for Black AIDS Institute in Washington D.C. Milwaukee native. He's gone for a little while, but he has family here, so he's visiting, mm-hmm. and eventually he'll come back and run for our office. <laughs> so we'll talk to you again, okay? Absolutely. Chris, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. And thank you for joining us for another episode of the 411 Live. Remember, we're a nonprofit organization, so if you are so inclined to contribute, donate, go to our website, the411live.org. Until next time, I'm Beverly Taylor. This is the 411 Live, real people, real talk. If you would like to check out past episodes, there are many ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like and watch us on Facebook. Watch and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And if you have suggestions for future episodes, go to our website, the411live.org.